All right, Las Vegas. It is Saturday night. That means there's two hours of Heatwave Sports with you. Going forward for the next two hours, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. I am Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Tim Unglesby has the night off. He'll be back with you tomorrow, but we have a lot to talk about today. Obviously, college basketball is going to be the mainstay. We're going to get right into college basketball right away. Bracketology. Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bracketology. You know I hate it. I talk all the time how I hate it, but I think it does mean something uh, in terms of how we look at things going forward, so we'll talk about that. Talk a little bit about the conference tournaments. UNLV had a big win today. We'll deal with that. Aaron Rodgers, if we have some time, we'll take a little football conversation where Aaron Rodgers is pretty much the favorite to go to the Las Vegas Raiders. But all I keep hearing is New York Jets, New York Jets. Does Rodgers go? Does he play again? We will get into that. If you want to talk some spring training, we could have fun as well. 876-1340, 876-1340. That gets you part of the show at Tom Barton Sports over on the Twitter. I know you guys love using Twitter. So Tom Barton Sports over there. I will answer the questions right on right on the air. So look, I got to get into this. Um, uh, the happenings of today in college basketball. And, and college basketball is going to be pretty much the main topic for Tim and the guys tomorrow night, obviously next weekend. And moving forward, college basketball is going to be at the forefront. I want to take a look at the brackets, but I also want to get into a topic tonight where the conference tournaments are always so much fun, but I also believe that we put too much weight into them when we're talking about the good conferences and the big conferences. And let me explain why. You know, I always get a kick out of people that say March Madness, and you talk to a regular everyday Joe, not exactly the regular sports fan. And when you talk about March Madness, what are they talking about? What are they talking about when they say March Madness? What they mean are the brackets, right? What they mean are filling out the brackets, the field of 68, and usually most of them actually mean only the field of 64. And that's what they talk about. That's how they they deal with things. They talk about March Madness. But we in the know, us sports fans, especially in Las Vegas, where there are conference finals and conference championship games and conference tournaments and all that, March Madness starts in March. So it's the beginning of March. The conference tournaments are absolutely dynamic at times. With that being said, they're dynamic at times because of the skewed field where, let's be honest, mid-majors get screwed. There are a lot of mid-majors this year that should get an automatic bid, that should get an at-large bid as well. But they won't because we find a need to put eight, nine teams in the Big Ten in eight, nine teams in the Big 12 in, eight, nine teams, uh, you know, in all these other conferences. That's what we feel the need. To fill up the bracket of 68 with a bunch of big-time program names that didn't exactly deserve to get there. So for the smaller conferences, March Madness, that actually starts at the beginning of March, oh, it's fun. We had a lot of that fun today, especially with the smaller conferences, the mid-majors, we like to call them. Um, we had a lot of that fun today and we'll continue to have a lot of that fun for the next couple of days. We'll continue to have that fun really until next week, but it's the big conference tournaments, the big six. And this year you can even include the big seven with St. Mary's and Gonzaga and the money that Gonzaga spends on that basketball program. Let's stop calling them a mini major, but really it's the big six, right? The big 10, the big 12, the SEC, 
the Pac-12, the Big East, and the ACC. That's your big six. And in those big sixes, my contention here, my argument, is that the conference tournaments don't really mean much. Yeah, sure, you can argue that, well, you know, the difference between a one and a two seed is massive. No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, look, if you're going to beat teams, you're going to have to go through teams anyway. It's not that massive. If you want to argue to me that the difference between a four and a five seed or a five and a six seed is just so enormous, no, it's not. So a lot of these teams go into the conference tournament. Yes, obviously they want to win it. Winning the conference tournament means a lot. Winning the ACC, the Big Ten, or whatever it might be, it means a lot. But a lot of these teams go into those tournaments already punched their ticket. They already know they're going. So it's a different mindset, isn't it? Isn't it a different mindset as opposed to a team trying to battle their way in? And the tournaments are generally set up so those teams trying to battle their way in don't really have a prayer. They really don't. You got to play three days in a row, four days in a row, elite level competition. You don't really see those kind of runs all that often. When they do happen, it's great, but you don't see them all that often. Most of the time, what you'll see is a team that doesn't have a great seed, maybe a five or six seed, make a run, get themselves into a four seed, and you go, oh, wow, there you go. Oh, okay, there you go. You know, and you look at that, you say, I wonder if the conference tournaments now, if they lack a little something. And I think that they do. You know, I'm not putting a damper on it because I love conference tournament time. But I love the mid-major conference tournament time. I am way more excited to see, uh, you know, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament than I am the ACC Conference Tournament this year. I know that the Big East Conference Tournament is going to be interesting. It's going to be entertaining. As a matter of fact, the early odds has six teams within like six to one odds or so. That'll be fun. But does it really matter? Does it really matter if Marquette wins it and they're able to secure like a two seed or if... uh, you know, Creighton wins it, and they're all they're able to secure like a five seed. Does it really? Does that really matter? Not really. So the the mid major conference tournaments are really where the excitement is. And ladies and gentlemen, no offense out there to UNLV fans, mid, Mountain West is still a mid major. Maybe it shouldn't be, but but it is. It's still a mid major. And I think that the conference tournament this year could be really entertaining. I do. I like what UNLV did. And, and I want to kind of start there before we go into the brackets and uh, the forecasts and the bubble and my thoughts on all that. Because you got to give you an LV LV credit for what they did today. 69-67, final in overtime against a Wolfpack team that absolutely needed this game. And we've talked about it a few times when we are talking about the standings, right, in, in college basketball and the standings in the Mountain West. Me and Tim have had that conversation. And he's asked me a few times, how many teams do I believe would get in? So I figured I'd have to address it again here tonight. And I've I've held pretty steadfast to the idea that in the Mountain West, there is a road for four teams to get in. I did not believe four teams would get in. There's a road that only one team got in. I never believed that only one team would get in. I always believed that it would probably be three but it could be whittled down to two. Now, we're talking San Diego State, Utah State, Boise State, and the Wolfpack. Now, I know Tim had New Mexico in there, but but let's be honest, they're done. 
Eight, eight and ten of conference, you're not making. So New Mexico's gone. San Jose State, they're gone. Again, barring a conference tournament. UNLV, same thing. 18-win season. Barring a conference tournament championship and the, the tournament run, you're not making it in. So that leaves four, and these are the four that we've been discussing. San Diego State is, a, is an in. Done. That leaves Utah State, Boise State, and the Wolfpack. I think the Wolfpack lose it today. I think UNLV knocked them out. Again, all of this is barring a tournament championship. I think they knocked them out. I don't believe that you could lose back-to-back games at Wyoming and UNLV, two teams, UNLV 7-11 in conference, Wyoming 4-14, the last place team and the fourth to last place team. You cannot lose those two at the end of the year and expect to go to the big tournament. I think that UNLV knocked the Wolfpack out. You want to take that UNLV and you UNLV fans as a solace of a terrible season? Because that's what it was. Look, the UNLV season, by most accounts, is terrible. This is about what I thought they'd be. But by, by most accounts, 7-11 in conference, not going to get it done. But you want to take some solace in that? I think they knocked them out. I think that they, they were on the bubble. I think that they were a team that could fight for it. They were a team that maybe, you know, they would be one of those teams. I know that uh, Joel Lenardi over there uh, from ESPN had them as the last four in. That was before the that was before the loss today. So I have to think that that's out. And I think most people see them as, as being out. But here's the thing. A lot of projections have Utah State as being out. Now, they have 24 wins, okay? They just beat Boise State. They are on a five-game winning streak. I don't think you keep Utah State out. Boise State was the team that I said may not make it. They lost to San Jose State. They did beat San Diego State. Now they lost to Utah State. I think Boise is more on the bubble here, guys, than Utah State. And here we go. I am setting you up for something that very well could happen. I don't think it does. I don't think it does, but there are talking heads in this town. Tim documented, Tim told you guys that were saying five, six seed conference. There are people in this town, sports, quote unquote, people in this town that were sitting back and saying a five or a six bid conference. That is not happening. Absolutely not. And when I pushed back on that, I got pushed back. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, how do you feel today? Because we could be looking at a one-bid conference. Again, I don't think so. I don't, I, I don't think so, but then again, I've been disappointed by the committee in football and basketball many, many times. I, I've been wrong about the committee many, many times because I have faith in them. I have faith that they're not going to do something ridiculous like that. But Utah State, all of a sudden, their road got a little bit tougher. And like I said, coming into today, they were first four out on two different projections. Two of the biggest bracketology guys in in the country had them as first four out, Utah State. Two of those same same bracketology guys, same guys, had Boise State as the last four in or last four buys. Now you go out there and, and, and you look at what happened. 
They go, wait a minute. How could Utah State not make it? And they just, you know, Boise State, they just beat Boise State. And you look at Utah State and you go, yeah, they beat Boise State, but I mean, do they do enough? I think so. Look, I, I'm taking the Wolf Pack out. I'm putting Utah State in. But I've had Utah State in for a while. So I have San Diego State and Utah State firmly in. Firmly in the big tournament. And this is, again, I'm just expecting averages, which means they don't get humiliated in the tournament. I think Utah State and San Diego State are in. So that leaves Boise, maybe a Wolfpack. I told you I don't have the Wolfpack in. Now leaves Boise. I'm not as convinced as everybody else that Boise is an automatic bid here. I'm not convinced that Boise has already punched their ticket. Do I think that Boise State will make it? I, I tend to think so, yes. You have 23 wins. I expect them to win a few games here in the tournament. I expect them to get to 25, maybe 26 wins, have a good run. Yeah, I expect that, guys. So I do think the Mountain West will still get three. But there is a path to one still. It shouldn't happen. I don't think it will happen. But I'm telling you today, coming into today, Utah State was first four out. The Wolfpack were first four in. Last four in, I should say. Nevada's not in anymore. They're, they're done. They're done. You cannot lose to Wyoming and UNLV and expect to make it. You're done. Nevada's done. They're done. The Wolfpack are done. Does that open up a door for Utah State? Is that the door that they needed to get in? Is that the door that, that you look at and you go, okay, they're, they're securely in? I think, I think Utah State's in. Again, barring a bad, a bad tournament. I think that Utah State's in, San Diego State's in. Boise's the team. A lot of people already have them in. But I think it's a successful Mountain West season no matter what, right? We went into the last weekend. We went into Friday night of the last weekend of the regular season talking about an idea that four teams in the Mountain West could be in. And I know that some delusional people still had five or six. But we still had four. UNLV winning tonight is great for the UNLV program. Celebrate it, friends. But I think it hurt the Mountain West. I don't think the Wolfpack can recover from this unless they win the tournament. All right, guys. Let's take a quick timeout. Come on back. We'll talk about more teams. I think are on the bubble. Teams that, look, their futures have been decided. They are out. Completely out. And some teams that I think will take a little run here at the end and maybe make themselves in. We're talking lots of college basketball right here on Heatwave Sports. All right, guys. Back here on Heatwave Sports. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com here. We are talking bracketology mountain west bracketology and it's pretty funny you know i say these things and i should stay off of twitter i I really should but it's so entertaining (laughs) i should stay off all social media but it's so entertaining and i i say on the air sometimes and i I do get you guys when when you come off the air and you go you know were you making that up for you know i I guess radio uh (laughs) you know performance no 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 I'm actually reading some of these things and not, not trolls. These guys aren't guys with like, you know, five followers and things like that. No, I actually believe this. There's people online right now, right now that think that Utah state 
can be a nine seed overall in the big bracket. Guys, what what, what what's happening? <laughs> okay, Utah State commended. Good job. Nice job. No, 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 no. There is only a certain level that the Mountain West can get to. And by no fault of their own, I'm a big mid-majors guy. I love my mid-majors, right? So I'll stick up for them. But there's only a certain level that you can get to. There's only a certain number that you can get to. I mean, Utah State, they have good wins over ORU, over New Mexico. They have the win over Boise, even, even Nevada. That, that's fine. They don't win on the road. Best road win you know, might be the UNLV. They, they don't win on the road, right? So you start to look and you go, how about, how about Quadrant 1 wins? How many? How many do they have? Not a lot, right? Because Boise's probably not a Quadrant 1 anymore. So you start to look at, at what people believe. Don't set your expectations too high. We talk about it all the time on this show. Nevada's not, Nevada's not, not making it, guys. They're, they're just not. They're done. Utah State's not a nine seed. Okay? Let, let's calm down. You're going with three. I'm giving you three. I'm giving you Boise State. I'm giving you three here. Don't take more. Don't try to go crazy. Now, again, listen. My, my thing is that people are going to say, well, but what if? All right, let's play the what if game, right? Let's play Let's play the what if game out here. Which I had some, some game show music. Let's play the what if game. The what if game goes like this. If UNLV. Or if, uh, you know, the Wolfpack, or, or, or if Wyoming, you know, if, if somebody else, say San Jose State, somebody else goes out, New Mexico might get hot. That's Tim's team. If somebody gets hot and they win the Mountain West tournament, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden we're going to have four teams in. That might mean that Boise State's out. I'm giving you two in. And I'm telling you that Boise State is on the bubble. Well, let's use that term. Everybody loves that term, that on the bubble. Boise State is firmly on that bubble right now. Boise State is teetering. I am not putting them in. And you could tell me that other bracketologist has them as first four buys. I get it. And you could tell me that a lot of people, oh, they have their first four in. That's fine. Not me. I'm looking at the, the numbers here. And you also have to believe that the committee is going to look at the Mountain West and they're going to say, okay, you already have two in. Now you can have a third in. We're not giving you four. They don't want to give mid-majors four. And the Mountain West is still a mid-major. They don't want to do that. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that I agree with it. I'm not saying I'm happy about it. What I'm telling you is that that I'm right. That this is reality, right? This is the reality of March. The reality of March is that if you're listening to the station, you're a UNLV fan, you are a mid-major fan. Your conference is a mid-major. And the committee will look at you and look at a Clemson. And they're going to take a Clemson. And the committee will look at a Boise State. They'll look at a USC. Take a USC, a Boise State or an Oregon, and they'll take an Oregon. A Boise State or an Arizona State, they're taking 
of Boise State. And sometimes you're too close to the program. Right? Tonight, Arizona was taken on UCLA, and they put up a graphic. And you can, you can laugh about it because, I mean, Walton's Walton, right? But they put up a graphic where their own analysts are saying that there's only three teams going in for the Pac-12 right now. They have a chance for more, but right now. And and the broadcast went crazy because what are you talking about? How can you have Arizona State out? Are you nuts? Oh, what is it? And and it went nuts. How is Oregon out? How is Arizona State out? Let me tell you something. Right now, where we stand today, today, right now, Arizona State's out and Oregon's out. If Arizona State is out and Oregon is out and they're in that battle with a Boise State, who do you think is going to win? Come on. Come on. Let's not be naive, guys. Let's not be completely shut down and shut out from reality here. Who do you think is getting that final bid? A fourth Mountain West team or a Pac-12 powerhouse? Or traditional? We'll say traditional, right? Traditional powerhouse. Because they're not this year. And Arizona State or Oregon or Boise State, the decision is very clear when you are on the bubble what your problem is. And just to give you a little a little context behind that. North Carolina, their season is done. It is over. Put a dagger in it. Goodbye. But the reason why we're even talking about that is cuz they're North Carolina. There's no other reason. North Carolina has had a bad year. A terrible year. I I had on my Sports Garden program, you guys can go check this out over on my podcast, uh, Believe in Betting on the Believe Network and Wagering Week are the two podcasts. And I did uh, an interview. Um, I've had him on a couple of times before. North Carolina uh, alum that just wrote a brand new book. Duke still sucks, right? Goes over the Duke-North Carolina rivalry. And even he had to admit that North Carolina basically doesn't deserve to be in here. Now, when I sat down with Tim a couple of weeks ago, I said, Tim, they have to go 4-0, which means including beating Virginia, to even sniff a chance. Now, they did that. Beat Virginia. They went 3-0. And we came into today with a resume exceedingly lacking from North Carolina. Yet we were talking about if they beat Duke, they can be in the tournament. Why? Because they're North Carolina. We can have net ratings and quadrant one wins and pace of play. And when did they win? Oh, all of it matters. All it's feed it into, uh, you know, Brian Kenny, Baseball Tonight, Shredder Machine, right? You put it all into a computer, and what pops out isn't always what moves forward. Because at the end of the day, money still speaks. And North Carolina being in the tournament is good for college basketball. You might not like the Tar Heels. You may not like Arizona State or Oregon or Clemson or Michigan or Penn State, or any of these these bubble teams. You may not like them, but them being in is good for college basketball. Boise State, and I hate to pick on Boise State. I'm just using them as the example because I started off with that. Boise State making it into the tournament doesn't prop up college basketball. It doesn't help the sport. North Carolina does. As unfair as it is, I think that we should have a lot more mid-majors. I think that that we should have more mid half the field should be mid majors if it was up to me. But I'm a realist, and, and the people that are writing me, and you guys can write me over at, at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. The people that are writing me that Boise is definitely in 
even if another team wins a tournament, then you guys could get, oh, well, if you win a tournament, Mountain West could have four or five teams in. You're delusional. This is not this is this is not trolls out there for me. These are people that really want to have this conversation. You're delusional. Thank you for listening. <laughs> but you're crazy. You're crazy. They're not can Boise take it in? Yes. Okay, yes, they can. But we're not going to do San Diego State, Utah State, Boise State and the conference winner. Come on. No, it's just not happening. You know, you're doing a lot of ifs and buts and hopes and wishes. And it's just not reality. So let's talk about those other bubble teams, right? Which I did mention. Got a couple other bubble teams. North Carolina's done. Unless they win, again, everything that I say tonight, because I know what's going to happen. One of these uh, morning show competitors are going to grab a sound clip of me. and They're not going to listen to what I'm saying. Everything that I say tonight has an asterisk next to it. Oh, I know how you guys hate that. But has a Roger Maris next to it that says all of that is negated if they win the conference championship, right? North Carolina season's over. They're not going to uh, the tournament unless you win the, the, the tournament, obviously. Okay? But North Carolina season ended today. It ended in pathetic fashion. They were the only number one team in the history of rankings to start the season as a preseason number one overall. And then absolutely not make the tournament. They were the only team. They are not going to make the tournament. Not only did they not make the tournament, but they got ousted by their rival on their home floor. And it was not from lack of enthusiasm. The North Carolina Tar Heels faithful, oh, they were out in full force. Oh, yeah. It was a fun atmosphere. North Carolina had the lead. With under two minutes to go, they had the lead. One-point lead. Duke went on a 6-0 run at the end, and they just ended the misery as North Carolina. By the way, you can get North Carolina 8-1 to if you like them to win the ACC tournament. That's a nut. That's an insane bet. It's a nutso bet. If North Carolina, with their backs against the wall, with their lives to play for, against their hated rival at home, could not get it done. You think they're going through the ACC tournament? Come on now. Let's come back to reality a little bit. So North Carolina, you're done. You're done. Clemson, I think Clemson has hold on. I, I do. I think Clemson holds on. Uh, where where I think that maybe a Wolfpack fell out. I think Clemson jumps in there. I, I think Clemson's going to get in. They have to win and be okay in the ACC tournament here. But I think that their resume is solid enough that I'm going to put Clemson in. So if, I, if I'm putting them in, who else am I putting in? Well, I already told you I have Utah State in. Okay. Um, I, I think a USC has done enough. I think a West Virginia has done enough. And Auburn certainly has done enough. Which means that there's, there's only a couple more spots. If I put Clemson in, I'm taking Nevada out. You, you have Mississippi State, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin's, Penn State, Michigan's, Oregon's. And then my team is Charleston. I mean, I think that you you get a Charleston or a Hofstra in there. We'll see how that pans out. Maybe I don't have to worry about that. So we won't talk about that right now. 
Okay, because we don't have to worry about that for right now because we'll see how that pans out. So who are, who are we taking? Look, if I'm putting in right now, I'm I'm going to keep um, Utah State in, and I'm going to keep Boise in for the sake of this conversation. So I'll have USC, Boise State, Utah State, Auburn, West Virginia in, which means I'm going to put Clemson in as well. That means that I have two spots left. For Mississippi State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Arizona State, Oregon, Oklahoma State, Michigan. <laughs> and, and then maybe Mike Charleston, who I just want to see you get in because I think they deserve it. Uh, it. It starts to come to the nitty-gritty right here. I mean, it starts to get real interesting. Did Arizona State do enough? Like that, that win against Arizona was massively impressive. Massively impressive. But is that enough? I mean, I, I'm honestly asking. I want to hear from you guys. Is that enough? Is that enough to get them in? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it is. I, I Right now, Oklahoma State, I'm going to say no. Big 12 is very, very, very competitive this year. They have a lot. That helps Oklahoma State, but I, I don't think they did enough. And I don't think Oregon did enough, which is surprising. So if we eliminate them, we're down to Arizona State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Mississippi. Five teams for two slots. Five teams for two slots. Ugh. As much as I thought Michigan could be that team, I'm sorry. I know they're going to get a lot of teams in, right? And Purdue is sitting in a nice, shiny spot. I don't think the Big Ten was that good this year. I, I said it before the year began. I thought it was going to be a down year in the Big Ten. I'm saying it now. I don't think the Big Ten was that good. So if you have Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State, I can only choose one of them for one of these spots. I'm going to give one one of these spots to them. It's not going to be Michigan. Sorry, Wisconsin, Penn State, Mississippi State, Arizona for, for two spots as we start to whittle away here. I still want to put Arizona State in. I want to. But in a head-to-head matchup against the SEC, Mississippi State, it, it, it's a tough one. And then you have Wisconsin, Penn State. Because I'm going to give this to one of those two. I'm going to give this to another Big Ten team. So which one of the two? I, oh, man. I, I mean, this is tough. It, it, it's a tough spot when you, you think about, okay, you know, Penn State basketball has not perennially been that team. Wisconsin seems to constantly be that team, right? And they, they just are. But you, you look at how the season has unfolded. Penn State went on a bad run. They lost four games in a row. They came back and they won four of the last five. They did lose to Wisconsin, okay? They lost to Wisconsin, and they lost to them at home, and they lost to them on the road. They were two very close wins. I go through this and I go, I can't put Penn State in. I just can't. With their losing... They're losing head-to-head. I think head-to-head has to matter. It has to matter. Wisconsin has two wins over Penn State. Now, Wisconsin has also lost two in a row, three of the last four. They play Minnesota tomorrow. I think Wisconsin has to beat Minnesota on the road. That goes without saying. But even with that, all right, you have a nice win against Iowa at home. Um, You went to Ohio State. Is that a premier win? No. At a conference. Who do you have? Well, they did beat Marquette, which is nice. 
They did play a real close game against Kansas, but that's still a loss. They did beat USC. A lot of that is front-loaded. I want to leave both of them out. I promise I'd give a spot, but I want to leave both of them out. So I think I'm going to. I, I Big Ten fans, you, you're going to hate me. I know that. I'm sorry. I'm not impressed with the Big Ten this year. I wasn't before the year went began, and I'm not today. I can't put, look at the resume of Wisconsin and Penn State and put them in. So I'm going to put in Arizona State, who I know I know their resume is in tremendous, but I like that win against Arizona. It's a rival, sure, but it was a tough spot late in the year. It sits on my mind. I'm going to put Arizona State in, and I'm going to put Mississippi State in. And Mississippi State really is getting in on the back of that. I think that the SEC was much better than the Big Ten this year. Although I also have have Auburn in there. I, I that's that's kind of the deciding factor. So I'm leaving out Oklahoma State. I'm leaving out, I, I'm putting in Clemson, by the way. I'm leaving out Oklahoma State. I'm leaving out Oregon. I'm leaving out Michigan. North Carolina, of course. Wisconsin, Penn State, yes. I'm leaving out Boise. And Boise's in that mix. Right? Boise's right there. Boise, Wisconsin, Boise, Penn State, Boise, Arizona State, Boise, Mississippi State. They're battling for one spot. Boise's not to the level of the USC, West Virginia, Auburn's, and even Utah State right now. They're not at that level, who I think are the first four buys. They're that last four in. If you're talking about last four in, I mean, could they squeeze in? Sure they could. They could. But I know that, <laughs> I know who draws, right? And I know who the committee wants to see in there. The committee wants to see Wisconsin. The committee would love to get that Penn State, you know, Crowd, money, and attention. They'd love to get that Michigan, those eyes in Michigan, even Clemson. And then, of course, the Arizona States of the world. I just think, I think Boise can get in, but it's a it's a little bit of a tough road. Here's what is good for Boise. That any one of these teams, any one of these teams, can be knocked out in the first round of their tournament. The Big Ten tournament, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan could lose in the first round. They could not win a game. Okay, uh, Okie State, Clemson, they, they, they can be knocked out in the first round. First game, first game. Arizona State, certainly the same thing. Mississippi State, same thing. I mean, to go take it further, I, I can see USC, West Virginia, Auburn. I can see everybody, every one of these bubble teams losing right away, first game. I don't know if I can see Boise State losing that first. I, obviously, it'll depend on the matchup. But, but, but I'm not sure I can. So at least you have a little bit of that. You have a little bit of a cushion. The more I talk, the more I convince myself that only two teams from the Mountain West are going in. I started this hour pretty convinced that three teams are going. You couldn't convince me four. Now I'm pretty convinced it's going to be two. And Boise State's in a, in a tough fight. Uh, what they did, they, they just put themselves behind the eight ball. To be from a mid-major and be the third team from a mid-major, you've got to leave almost no doubt. You've got to have a resume that is so surefire better than than the big boys. And that just is not reality here. Boise State probably out. All right, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back when we do. Lots more bubble talk. Then we're going to get into the actual brackets themselves. We'll talk about the top teams, who I like, and who I think you should be looking at during the conference tournaments as well. All that and more right after this, right here on Heat Wave Sports. Attention, please. This is Heat Wave Sports. I got a special treat for you this evening. A young man that you all know is Tom Barton. Nah, dude. 
This is a real job. It's like teaching kids. And now back to Heat Wave Sports. Here's Tom Barton. All right, guys. Welcome back. Heat Wave Sports. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. I want to hear from you guys. 876-1340. 876-1340. Guys, go hit me up on Twitter. And I'm getting a lot of Twitter action. I'm trying to respond as we can on the air. It's at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. At Tom Barton Sports. I know. Look, I, I didn't mean to have this uh, you know, turn into the Mountain West hour. <laughs> right? But but it sort of has. And you guys want to co- keep this going. So, um I had two different people ask me, what's my pick for the Mountain West champion? So let, let's talk about it before we do that. Um, hour number two, we will get into my full bracket. We'll talk about where I have everybody sitting. Uh, and I still have some Aaron Rodgers things I want to talk about in hour number two. But but let's, let's take 10 minutes here and talk about the conference tournament, Mountain West conference tournament, um, where it, it's going to start and, and how it's going to go. Okay. So the first four games, first three games, first round, are going to be played on Wednesday. Colorado State is the eighth seed, Fresno State. That's 11 a.m. UNLV, Air Force, following that. The seventh seed is UNLV, Air Force is the 10. And then New Mexico is the sixth seed against Wyoming, is the 11, following that. So let, let's, let's go game-by-game game analysis here, all right, and, and see who I have moving forward. So Colorado State, Fresno State. Um, look, I, I think that Fresno State certainly deserves to be the favorite here, but it's an 8-9, right? They just lost to Colorado State uh, you know, two weeks ago by three at home. I don't like those home losses, right? They lost to Colorado State also back in early January. They put up 57 points in both games. So circle that if you guys like unders. I think Fresno State will be the favorite here. I think Fresno State should be the favorite, but it's hard to go against what Colorado State. Well, I, yeah, no, I guess they won't be the favorite. The early lines I'm seeing is Fresno State's favorite. They shouldn't be the favorite. No, Colorado State's the eight seed. Held them 57 points in both games. I'm putting Colorado State through. I think they have a much better defensive effort. UNLV Air Force, I did a little bit of, of work on this one earlier. And again, I know it's at home in UNLV. They, they just lost on this floor 54-53 in a pathetic offensive showing from both teams. Or you could say great defense. <laughs> I say pathetic offensive showing for both teams. That is, I mean, that was a week ago, right, that they just lost this game. I think UNLV has a little something rolling right now. Uh, again, another game where I kind of like the under. What are you going to set the under at? 125, 126? I I think that they this is going to be an under game. Both of these games look like slow played, under, but I have to take the higher seeds both times. I know I'm not doing anything groundbreaking here, and you probably want me to, to have some clickbait or hot takes or something like that saying UNLV is going to lose in the first round. They certainly might. I mean, they certainly might lose in the first round, but I, I don't I don't see it. I think that they're doing something interesting here. I think they have a little click at the end. And let's be honest, Air Force just can't get out of their own way. They've lost three in a row. They've lost four of the last five. Um, they have, guys, they have two wins since like the middle of January. Right? Two wins since the middle of January. So you have to take UNLV in this spot. I don't think it's, it's a, an easy game by any stretch of the imagination, but I have to take them. New Mexico, Wyoming could be interesting. I know Wyoming's got four wins. They're garbage. I get it. Okay. I get it. 
I don't believe in New Mexico. And oh, by the way, Wyoming went into New Mexico less than a month ago and won 70 to 56. Right? They did that. They also, going way back when New Mexico was playing well on New Year's Day, or New Year's Eve, I should say, they lost by one. I'm all over Wyoming plus the points in this game. I don't know what the points are going to be. <laughs> look ahead line. Look ahead line. I'm looking at, I, I'm seeing some offshores having it like eight, nine. Woo! I'll be all over Wyoming. I don't think it sits there. I think this is like a six point spread. But I may take Wyoming there. I don't buy the, I don't buy into this New Mexico team. I don't. That might be my, you want to, you want something to talk about? I might take Wyoming in the first round. I, I might. If not, I'm going chalk, chalk, Colorado State, UNLV. But it could get wild. We know that the Mountain West is very deep this year. It could get wild. So then we go on to the quarterfinal games that will be played uh, on Thursday. The afternoon game, the noon game, San Diego State over, in my bracket, I have over Colorado State. We can expect chaos, guys, but we're not expecting chaos with San Diego State against Colorado State. They just beat them by 19 uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Before that, they did go to OT with them. High-scoring games, weirdly, in both of those. I don't see that being the case here. I think San Diego State just, just rolls. It should not be a problem. The Wolfpack against San Jose State. Both of these teams at a, a, a point of the last week and a half thought that they had a chance. Both of them. Nevada went and beat San Jose State pretty, pretty easily. 66-51 about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Okay, they also won by 27. They have their number. But what kind of mindset are they going to be in after losing to UNLV in overtime? On their own floor, by the way. What kind of headspace are they going to be in? Oh, by the way, San Jose State, since that win, won three straight. Two of them at home, one of them on the road, the Air Force road win. They won two straight, beat Boise, and then came back and beat Colorado State. You got to go the wolf back here. They have their number. But I do worry about that Nevada mindset, what they'll be thinking. Then you got Boise against UNLV, if it goes to my predictions. And boy, does this get interesting, right? Boise beat UNLV at home by four. Not making a lot about that. Anybody's game. Now, I know they crushed them earlier in the year. But UNLV's playing a different different style here. And Boise State's lost two of the last three. Okay, Um, UNLV, I'm not. Not saying that they're rolling. That Nevada game, that Nevada game, it's got to give them a boost. I think Boise wants the big tournament. I think Boise knows they're on the bubble. I think Boise agrees with me that they have to have this win, and they get this win. I'm going chalk, guys. And Utah State over what I have is Wyoming, even if they face off against uh, New Mexico. I'm going chalk. Chalk all around. San Diego State, Nevada. One, four, two, three, Boise State, Utah State. I, I'm, I mean, I gave you Wyoming, so, <laughs> you know, I, I gave you Wyoming. So here we go. San Diego State, Nevada. And here's, here's why I, I don't think Nevada is doing anything. They're not getting to the finals, but San Diego State's going to roll. I, I think San Diego State wants uh, to, to make some waves here. They are bouncing back. Remember, they lost to the Wolfpack the last time that they saw them. Now, it was on the road, but they want they want a little redemption here. San Diego State has something to play for. Don't think they don't. 
I know that Nevada will. I know that. I'm taking San Diego State. And then you have Boise State, Utah State in what should be a tremendous, tremendous matchup if that winds up happening. Utah State basically knocked them out. Utah State, with that win today, knocked them out. I get it was at home, okay? Um, They are one and one, battling all the way. If Utah State wants me to take them serious, you got to win this game. Boise State, I know know they need it to get in. I know they do. Um, And when I started this hour, I was convinced that there was going to be three teams in. There's going to be three teams in. That means Boise State has got to get to this championship game to give them a chance. But as the hour went on, you heard me say, I have a feeling Boise State's going to be left out in the cold. As of today, they are. You go out there and you beat Utah State, and that's exactly what I think that they're going to do. I think that Boise State gets some revenge, and I go back to my original statement, which I started the show with, that I do think getting to the championship game might be enough. The other guy is going to fall off earlier, the other, the other teams that are on the bubble. So I have Boise State, San Diego State for it all. In a wild year where anything can happen, we have chalk. We have chalk. San Diego State, yeah, they just lost to Boise just seven days ago. They lost in Boise. They destroyed Boise when they played them in the beginning of last month, the beginning of February. They absolutely destroyed this team. So which which team is going to come out? Who's going to come out here? It's too easy to say San Diego State. I'd love to say it. I'd love to tell you San Diego State's going to do it, get themselves a nice high seed. I think that is what is going to happen, right? My my brain is telling me, go with San Diego State to get that high seed. But I can see Boise taking this loss and running with it. I can see Boise taking their, maybe their dream of the field of 68 ripped out of their hands and really, really having a crazy good tournament. I think that's what might happen here. To me, Taking the chalk is always looked down upon in sports radio because you guys want clips and you want crazy conversation. Yeah, taking San Diego State makes sense. I took a lot of chalk anyway. But I think that the reason why I wanted to open this show up and say that Boise was in, reverted back to Boise being out because they are today, but always believed that they would be in because I think they could win this Mountain West tournament. Now, with that being said, I'm a professional sports better. That's what I do. And I'm not putting a dollar on them. So I, I, I'm i just giving you guys what my predictions are. Because you asked. Three people asked on Twitter. Right? Tom, who do you think is going to win? So I'm going to give you Boise State. I, I think that we could see plenty of upsets. I, I would not be surprised if Air Force won in the first round. Wouldn't be surprised if Wyoming won in the first round. I think we could see plenty of upsets. But when push comes to shove... I fully expect San Diego State to face off against Boise State or Utah State. I think the cream rises to the top. I don't see a UNLV taking this. I don't see a San Jose State taking this. I don't think New Mexico could suddenly fix their problems. I don't see any of that. So I'm going to give you Boise State for the fun factor, but I'm not putting any money on them. (laughs) I'm just not. All right, guys, that's going to do it for hour number one. Hour number two, we're going to get into more college basketball. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers as well, a little bit about spring training. Uh, I'm Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Go check me out. It's TomBartonSports.com. The numbers speak for themselves, guys. The numbers speak for themselves. 
uh, 53 and 30 record in college basketball this year. I have a winning record in the NBA, a winning record in the NHL. I finished off the NFL season with a winning record. I finished off college football season with a winning record. I can continue to say that because year after year, month after month, season after season, TomBartonSports.com is as consistent as it can be. I've been on the air now for 11 years. We don't get complaints. Tom gave me a, 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 sell, a sales job. Tom tried to upsell me here. Tom's a scammer. None of that happens. None of it. I give you the plays that I give for 30 full days. Here's every play, every sport for a low flat rate. There's no sales calls. There's no commission. There's no upgrades. It's TomBartonSports.com. Let's take a quick timeout. Hour number two on the other side of the break right after this. Now back to Heatway Sports. All right, guys, hour number two, Heatwave Sports. Tom Barton here solo tonight. Tim Unglesby has the night off. He'll join you tomorrow. And uh, programming note here for Heatwave Sports. I will not be on next week, but the guys will. So Tim Unglesby will be joined by uh, the you know, Heatwave Sports crew, we'll call it. And he'll, he will be joined tomorrow night as well by the Heatwave Sports crew. He'll take you guys through. Um, I'm not just taking off to kind of just take off. It's my 10-year anniversary, so that's a good reason. It, 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 I, I, trust me, anybody out there that's made it 10 years, you go, yeah, that's a good reason, <laughs> right? And let's be honest, it's not really my anniversary. It's my wife's anniversary. <laughs> but uh, So I will be back. I'm going to try to call in next weekend um, after the bracket show, uh, you know, for, for the Heatwave Sports bracket show, uh, just to kind of run it down. But if I don't, Yo, if you guys don't hear from me, you guys could always check out my podcast. It's Wagering Week is the podcast, so I'll still be doing that. And Believe in Betting on the Believe Network. You guys could check those two out as well. Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube. Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. Even though I'm on vacation, I'll be tweeting out. I'll be uh, doing some videos. I'll be doing all kinds of good stuff for anybody out there that wants to uh, you know, check out what, what I am doing and, and how I'm doing it. Yeah, that's how you keep in touch with me. But the Heatwave Sports crew, you guys uh, will be well entertained. They're going to go over everything in the brackets. And I I do want to kind of, partially because I'm not going to be here, but also partially because I think that this is a good time to get into the idea that that doesn't really overly matter seeding. Every year we talk about bracketology. And and I feel feel like there's, in sports, and we have discussed this for years, in sports, there are topics that the higher-ups that are running the sports, they enjoy us arguing about. They enjoy it being sports talk radio fodder. Um, it is manufactured. Preseason lists are generally there so we could argue and scream and complain. Having arguments about Hall of Famers and who gets in, who doesn't, and what that is all about. Yeah, that's there. Okay, They love us to complain and argue about the MVP. Why would they not just announce it the day after the season ends? Well, because they want us to have a buildup. There's a lot of things in sports that are there for us to argue and complain. The bracket show has not fully become that, but it's starting to get there. And I'll go back to what I originally talked about. Look, the bracket show itself is huge for teams trying to get in. The bracket show, bracketology, let's do an entire you know day about who can get in, who can't get in. That's fine 
when you're talking about if they make it or not. But as far as seeding goes, I mean, does it really matter? Honestly, is there anybody out there, any sports better out there, anybody that takes this, this serious, any real serious fan out there, that ever looked at a, a potential number one seed. And he said, ah, I love that team. I think that team is going to win the championship. this year." And they fell to a two. And he said, that's it, I'm out. Right. Ah, oh, blasphemy, I'm out. I can't take a two now. No. No, there's never been that team. Come on. There's, ne- there's never been a spot where it really matters about. Has anybody ever been sitting there and your favorite team is supposed to get a six seed? They get a seven and you throw your coffee mug against her. Ah, how can they get a seven seed? No, not at all. <laughs> Generally speaking, we don't care, right? I mean, who cares? It's fun to talk about a one seed. You know, the five twelve matchup is going to be fun from a betting perspective. The four thirteen, yeah, all that. But but there's never been, at least there shouldn't be, upset fans because you're supposed to be a six and you're a seven. Ah. I was supposed to be a nine. I'm an eight. Let's celebrate. Squad drinking tonight. I'm supposed to be. We're supposed to be a nine seed. My team is supposed to be a nine seed. I'm an eight. Let's party in the streets, man. Ah, come on, come on. It doesn't happen. It's more for conversation. But to see who gets in, yeah, that's fun. Because more times than not, it gets us frustrated because you let in teams that generally shouldn't. You let in Wisconsin's and Penn State's and leave out Charleston's. Right, I mean that's just the reality of, of basketball. But the, the the notion that they have sold us is just a lie. What college basketball has sold us is a flat out lie. They've sold us this basket and told us that anyone can win the championship. No, they can't. <laughs> yeah, no, they can't. Right, I mean, it just it. You look at ranked champions, ranked teams to win the college basketball championship. Right, um, it, it, you will not see any sixteen seeds, fifteen seeds, fourteen seeds, thirteen seeds. Right, you won't see any of them. You, you're just not going to see it. The Villanova team back in 1985 was the low seed. There was the lowest seed to win a championship. You're going back to 19. 1985. 1985, guys. Okay? So, it, it just doesn't happen. You don't get these just dynamic, oh my goodness, type of... You, you don't get that. You just don't get that. You know, you go back and you start to think um, about the, the the run of some of the greats of the greats. that, that the, those, those ridiculous teams. It's an eight seed. Villanova was an eight seed. So you can sit back and you can say, yeah, that means that there's never been a 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9. It's half the field. That's half the field. Okay? None of the 5'11 seeds ever reached the final four. I mean, teams are not, you don't have a chance to win. So while it's fun to get in, okay, it's fun to, to make it. Don't think that your 13 seed can do anything. St. Peter's can make some noise. 
It was a great run. I remember Butler making some noise. Oh, that was fun. There are teams that have gone about their business and made some noise. And if you're perfectly okay with your team making noise, then that's great. You make money on it. I, I tell the story all the time. I had Oral Roberts in the first two rounds just a couple of years ago, right? Just a couple of years ago, Oral Roberts, first two rounds, money line end plus the points. I did exceedingly well. I will never forget that. Never. It was great. Do they have a chance to win the national championship? No. So you can eliminate 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, right off the bat, and nine, right off the bat. It's not how it's never happened ever. I feel confident saying it's not happening now. And this is a field where I think, uh, I, I don't think we have powerhouses. I think that there can be some big time upsets, but I'm talking about being able to win the championship. It is a Cinderella story. It is given to us that anyone can win. No, they can't. That's never happened. And it's designed so it doesn't happen. It is designed where you just can't do that. You can't put those runs together. I'll take it a step further. Let's be honest. Okay? So that's the bottom seeds, right? Eight seeds aren't winning. Seven seeds aren't winning. Six seeds probably not winning. You got to be a top five seed. Okay. So now you go, well, Tom, you know, well, get a five seed or a six seed. Ah, come on. Even the five seeds, not really. It's a one or two or three or four. Right? It's a one or two or three or four. That's who's going to win it. And if you go back uh, since 2002, like a number one seed is like 50% of the time. It's like 48% of the time is is going to uh, the, the championship or at least to the final four. I mean, come on. So the, the cream rises to the top. It's fun to watch your team get in. It's fun to watch those teams sneak in and maybe they can cause a little havoc. Oh, that that's great. But you can't think that they're actually going to win. You just can't. So let's start with some of those 16 seats that I just uh, absolutely just uh, completely trashed. We don't know where they're going to be. It's going to be like Asheville, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, maybe an Alcorn State. Those are kind of the teams, the 16 seeds, the lambs to the slaughter. Get out of the way. You're getting crushed. And even then, you know, I see a lot of people doing the, the old, well, you know what? Uh, I'll take the points. Ah, it doesn't work out great. If you're sports better, it doesn't work out great for the 16 seeds. 15 seeds, you always get that one or two teams that can take that shot. Right? Those 15 seeds, you got those shots. What I'm looking at at 15 seeds, I'm looking at um, 15, 14, I'll combine them together. Okay? Uh, by the way, the 14-3 seed matchup is is an interesting one. You, you can get like maybe one money line out of there. So I'll do 15-14s together. The teams like a UC Irvine, uh, whoever comes out there, maybe maybe Hawaii comes out there, maybe uh, you know, Long Beach State, Youngstown State. I watched them the other day. Um, I watched a few games, but they look like uh, they were so determined the other day. I mean, they, they really do look like an interesting team. But yeah, getting out of the first round, it's tough. Kennesaw State, no. I don't even know if they're going to be there. You know, I'm, I'm looking at some projections here. Furman's had a good year. Don't buy into them. Eastern Washington's had a good year. They can't really win on the road. So I have three teams that could be 14, 15 seeds that might be uh, worth a look. And when I say worth a look, that means might be able to get out of that first game. Maybe you take the points. Utah Valley is a team no one's talking about. 
Utah Valley is an underrated team. Nobody's giving them any credit, but they put together a real good season, real good season where they will probably, I don't think they're going to win, but they will get exceeding points. If they're a 15 seed, if they're a 14 seed, they're still worth a look. Colgate has been here before. Colgate's another team. They've been here before. They're an interesting team if they get there because they are well coached. And then Vermont. You want to talk about a team that I absolutely think is due to win a tournament game. They've won seven straight regular season titles, has Vermont. John Becker, who's been there uh, for 12 years in Vermont, puts together a real good team. And they would have been better than they are now, but they were missing their best player earlier in the season. So 15 seed, 14 seeds, look, we know you're not winning anything, but can you can you snag a game? If there's a game to be snagged here, maybe Utah Valley's the team. Maybe it's Colgate, but I would be putting my money on Vermont. That's a team to watch early on. Now we get into the, the 13 seeds, right? The 13 seeds have been pretty profitable over the course of the last couple of years. I, last, I, I, I'd say, you know, decade or so. They've been pretty profitable, guys. You look at the 13 seeds, everybody looks at that 5-12, but you look at that 14-13, that at least one 13 seed has advanced in 15 of the last 20 tournaments. Okay? So you usually want to take one 13 seed. Okay? And, and which means you can money line that 13 seed. That's what you could do if you're a sports better. And that's who I'm talking to. The 13 possible 13 seeds. Again, maybe one of those 14s moves up, but you have a Southern Miss, uh, a Toledo, Yale, Princeton, Penn, whoever comes out of the Ivies, and Iona. Uh, maybe an Oral Roberts, a Bradley, a VCU. And these are going to be the 12-13s. I see a lot of potential here. I'm an Ivy League guy. I don't love the Ivy Leagues this year. Penn is dangerous, but I don't know if they get out of this. Princeton's going to have the benefit on their home floor. Yale's the team everyone's putting in. I, I don't see it in the Ivy Leagues. Southern missed the same thing. Sparkling record, up and down season, um, uh, as far as consistency goes, don't love it. Team like VCU, everyone's going to be on top of it. It's not the same team, VCU that used to be able to bet. Bradley's a tough team if they get in. And if they don't get in, I think they should get an at-large. But Bradley's an interesting team, whether it be Bradley or Drake or whoever. I Look, that's that's an interesting team. But the ones that I'm looking at, Toledo can score with anybody in the country. Their defense is not terrible either. Toledo's a team that will fly under the radar. Toledo's a team that can make some waves. Oral Roberts is a team that I just mentioned. They still have that scorer there. He's probably the best scorer in the country. Um, you look at Oral Roberts as being the team you don't want to face. When I say you could score, they could put up 90 on, on almost anybody. When they get hot, they get red hot. But this is not the same Oral Roberts team as a couple of years ago. Not quite as good. Iona is a team to keep an eye on. Iona is a team to keep an eye on. Why? Well, they have a pretty good coach out there, right? I mean, Patino's doing his thing. He's a good coach. And you don't want to go up against a good coach in a spot like that. I think Iona is the team to circle there. Moving on to the 11 seeds, 10 seeds, 9 seeds. This can all be shaken out. Um, there's not a lot of unknowns. Like I said, um, this is where this is where I would have the Boise states of the world, the Utah states of the world, um, the, the College of Charleston, if they do get in, who can make some waves. West Virginia, Huggins is always tough if he gets in. I put in USC, a Memphis could make some noise here. Florida Atlantic is very underrated, but if Florida Atlantic gets like a nine seed, I, I don't love them. 
uh, Rutgers could make some noise. North Carolina State is a team to watch, as is Pitt. They have had times this year where NC State and the ACC has not been what it normally traditionally is. But there's times this year that the N- NC State and Pitt have looked like they are world beers. They could beat anybody out there. And both of them have had, again, failings that we have to highlight. But they've also had big-time games that you have to highlight. I think NC State and Pitt as nine seeds, ten seeds, whatever they're going to be, um, might be a little discredited when you're really looking at it. And then you, you have like an Arkansas you throw into this mix. I think you throw an Arkansas into this mix as well. As a matter of fact, I'll even put put some a couple other teams that might be eight seeds. So I'm kind of doing eight, nine, ten together. Uh, Tom Izzo in Michigan State. Missouri, who at a point looked like they, they were the best scoring team in the country, and then they fell flat. Maryland, who has stepped their game up. Tim's Maryland team has stepped up. And Providence, um, who, who right now are like the sixth best team in the Big East, and they have six to one odds to win the Big East tournament, <laughs> right? Because the Big East is so good. So here, this is this is the field here. I, I think that Izzo could be a one and done, and he's clearly going to be overrated here just because he's going to be overbet and people like to bet on him. I think that a Rutgers could be underrated, NC State and Pitt, like I said. I think going with an 8-9s, even the 10s, when you get into the, you know, the Mountain West teams that are going to be probably an 11 seed, even into that, you're in a dangerous, dangerous zone of, well, I'm going to pick them. But every team that I've said so far, every single team that I have mentioned up until this very point, when I'm talking about 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, even into eight seeds, none of them are winning the championship. So Chris Wynn and his Michigan State, no, you're not winning. I'm sorry. You know, Maryland and, and Tim's Terrapins, you're not winning. There's no magic ball in NC State. There's no all of a sudden, oh, this is going to be great for Memphis. There's no Florida Atlantic run, a USC run, a Providence run. Yeah, maybe they can get a little something going, get into uh, maybe a Sweet 16, but they're not championship contenders. Let's take a quick timeout. When we get back, I'm going to talk about some championship contenders. Who do I think can make some noise? It'll come from one of the top seven seeds. And I'm going to tell you who I think really is being undervalued, who's being overvalued. All that and more, plenty more to do right after this, right here on Heat Wave Sports. All right, guys, welcome back. Heatwave Sports, Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com here. Doing a lot of college basketball talk tonight. Told you I was going to try to get in some spring training, some Aaron Rodgers talk, and we still might. But I know that uh, you guys are interacting. I love it. It's at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter, 876-1340 if you want to be part of the show. Nobody ever wants to call into radio shows anymore. We were never a big call-in show anyway. Uh, but I've, I've noticed that. I do listen to a lot of call-in shows. And everything is... Well, they Instagrammed me this, and they tweeted me that, and they did this on Facebook. So we're with the times. <laughs> Hit me up over on Twitter, at Tom Barton Sports. So I, I left off the break with eight seeds, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten. And I said, this year, just like about every year, one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven is going to win the championship. Now, I don't know where the seeding is, so I can't say definitively. But one of the next teams that I talk about is going to win the national championship. And let's be honest, I'm going to chop this up as well, right? I mean, I have 28 teams left. 28 teams is just, you know, there's no realistic shot for 28 teams to win the championship. There's a realistic shot for, for like 10. 
And we'll see how many I believe have it. So let's talk about it. Six, seven seeds. Again, I'm uh, I'm speculating here, but it's my speculation. I believe in Northwestern. I do. I think that they are a live underdog. I think they have that cool run in them. I like what they've done. I am a fan of a lot of things that Northwestern's doing, but they don't have a realistic shot at a championship. Okay? They're not going to be able to do this day in, day out, and make this run that you would need at all. The same thing with Illinois. Both of these teams come from an overrated conference. Both of these teams come from a conference that I have made it very well known that I think is is exceedingly overrated. I like Northwestern more than I like Illinois, but I look at both of them as fragile teams. I don't think they can win championships. So we'll eliminate them. Texas A&M, yeah, well, Texas A&M, what they did today, they put themselves back into it. And coming off of today, what you're going to get is you're going to get a lot of people sitting back and talking about, well, Texas A&M. Yeah, they can beat anybody on any. Yes, they can. A lot of these teams can beat anybody on any given day. That doesn't mean you can do it day, day after day, this weekend, next weekend, the weekend after that, four weekends in a row. You can, it, it's a different kind of animal. Texas A&M could beat Alabama on any given day. Texas A&M could beat anybody in the country on any given day. They proved it. I can't say any differently. Do I believe that they could string enough wins together? No. Texas A&M is not, they're not a real title contender. I don't think Iowa is either. I, not from what I've seen. You can't have a defense like Iowa and just expect to win games 92-91. You can't. We've watched this Iowa formula time after time, haven't we? Haven't we watched the Iowa formula fail year after year? Go crazy, score like a maniac, hope for the best. Hey, it's just not reality. Iowa State, nah, they've fallen off. Uh, they're, they're not in it for me. No, Iowa State's not making that magical run. They have fallen off. They come from a very good conference. They are battle-tested. I will give you that. But no. Uh, other teams at 6-7 seed, uh, Duke. All right. Duke looked look, look good today. But did they really? I will say that that game shouldn't have been that close. Okay. Uh, North Carolina got to the line exceedingly, exceedingly over and over and over, exceedingly too much which is a Duke problem, but also says that they, they wouldn't have been in that game. Duke looked good today. Duke has some elements. Um, but let's be honest, Duke is just not the Duke of old. Duke went through a weak ACC and struggled to get through the weak ACC. Duke went on the road today in a hostile environment against a rival and got a nice win, but they were also losing that game by a point with two minutes to go. So you can talk about grit and determination. I'm going to tell you, NC State's an unranked team that isn't going to make the tournament. You shouldn't need grit and determination. They should have blown them out. Duke is not a formidable contender for the national championship. Duke is going to get tickets. People are going to bet on this team. There's going to be more than a few that have Duke somehow or another making a final four run. You're going to see people taking, well, there's some value in Duke. You will hear it. You will see it. It's Duke. You're going to watch Duke go crazy. Duke is not a formidable team to win the national championship. Do not kid yourself. Don't, don't for a minute sit back and try to convince yourself about Duke because the name Duke, okay? It's not happening. San Diego State is much of the same. As much as we want to applaud the Mountain West for the year that they had, and it has been, and it has been very deep, oh, it has been, and they might get three, four teams in, oh, sure. San Diego State's been in the top 25 team. 
Haven't we learned from the San Diego State team before? I've said it before. I got blasted by the media in Las Vegas when San Diego State was going to win the championship. People were picking them in the final four. I said, they ain't. Hey, come on. They're not making the final four. Are you kidding me? I, 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 I was the bad guy. I didn't get it. Well, they didn't because that's San Diego State. Year after year, they fall on their face. Year after year, they do really well during the regular season, really well in the early part of the tournament. San Diego State is that fun team, the team we all want to root for. They are well coached. Here we go. They're not a viable championship contender. And that's not slighting this team, but that's what we're looking for. Viable championship contenders. They are not one. They're not a viable contender. So I really don't have any six or seven seeds as a viable contender. Creighton might be a six or a seven. Creighton also might be as high as a four or five. Creighton's a team that I think can win the national championship. I think that they are one of the few dark horse late teams that can do it. This Creighton Blue Jay team is better than what they've shown. And I don't know if that's a, you know, an insult or not. They have had some tough luck. And I don't try to make excuses for, uh, for teams, but they have had some really bad officiating. There was a point in the season, you know, where they went out there and they rattled off eight straight wins. But they, they have lost three of the last six games. They have lost two of the last four games. They're not exactly coming in here in a great situation. But look at their losses. Coming off of an eight-game winning streak, they had a double overtime loss on the road to a top 25 team in Providence. Then they lost a two-point game against Marquette, where the officials were clearly against them. And then they lost to Villanova, who's just red hot. Who's just red hot. I will say this, though. It does have to worry you that their out-of-conference schedule, which was so brutal, they just got blown. I mean, they did, it's a different team. They got beat up. Lost to Arizona, lost to Texas, lost to Nebraska, lost to BYU, lost to Arizona State. And they did beat Arkansas, and they did beat Texas Tech, if that means anything to you. Um, but but I I don't love I don't love what I've seen. I think they can though. I think that for for Creighton, it's all about a mental aspect. It's all about what 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 can they be mentally. So I'm going to put them in in outside looking. I don't think they're a true contender, but they're not like a San Diego State where it's just not going to happen. Very much a long shot. Kentucky, the same thing. Look, this Kentucky team has finally found its rhythm, um, but I don't see, I don't, I don't see this as a championship team. You know, they are still on the outside looking in. They they lost to Vanderbilt last week or two weeks ago. Lost to Georgia. They have too many bad losses. Yeah, they they own Tennessee. Too many bad losses. I'm not putting Kentucky there. I'm not putting Xavier. When we talk about San Diego State, year after year, Xavier sucks me in and they knock me down. People want to buy into TCU. Not going to be me. And then you have St. Mary's. St. Mary's is that team that could be that 5-6. Maybe they could get red hot. I've liked what I've seen from St. Mary's. But a reason why I don't pick Gonzaga year after year, and I think that they have a ceiling of a Final Four team, is just because I think that, that you have to go through the gauntlet. And I've spoken about the gauntlet for years, and I will continue to do. I think waking up every single day, going onto the basketball court every day, and knowing you can lose against a dynamic team makes you a better team come tournament time. And St. Mary's doesn't do that. 
The conference is better. I've liked what I've seen in them. They are not a viable championship contender. So Kentucky and Creighton on the outside looking in, the rest of these, no. I don't think Kentucky or Creighton can get that high. Okay, I think Creighton probably got the best shot out of it. But basically, we're going into four seeds here, guys, and I still haven't found a real championship contender. Indiana, solid team, weak conference, right? I want to see something. They go out there and they win the Big Ten tournament. I might be singing a different song about Indiana. It's very possible. UConn, UConn can can be that team. UConn can be a championship-level team. UConn is... Are they the first team that I'm putting into the championship level? No, I, I might I might pull back a little bit. They have won late in the season, which I like. They've won five in a row. They've won, won eight of the last nine. Uh, they did beat Marquette, but that was at home. They lost to the Creighton. Three-point loss on the road, no problem. They beat Providence. Again, that's at home. They beat Villanova on the road. Not sure if that is really the ideal Villanova. At a conference, they beat Alabama early in the year. Right? I, I mean, they did do that. I'm making that UConn. I'm going to say UConn is my first team that is a viable championship contender. Virginia is not. And Miami is not. Co-ACC champions are not viable contenders. Look, Virginia just doesn't have it this year. Okay, I'd love to tell you that they did. Virginia has played poorly down the stretch. They don't have the offense. And we could say that almost every year, right? But they don't have the offense. They don't have... um what what I think is the makings of a championship team at all. And the ACC, again, it's a weak conference this year. You know that I like Virginia generally. You lose at Boston College, at, at North Carolina. Both of them are, are bad teams. Two on the road. You don't win those games. You lose to Virginia Tech before that on the road. They have one road win. They have one road win since January, guys. And it's against Louisville, which, which is a three-point win. They can't win away from home. Don't sell me Virginia as a championship team if you can't win away from home. Virginia's not. They're not a viable contender. And neither is Miami. Miami's red hot, right? Miami has won, uh, you know, seven or eight of the last nine. But their loss was against Florida State at home on their own floor. They struggled to beat Virginia Tech. They let Wake Forest score 87 on them. Their defense is just not there. They let Louisville throw throw down 85. Their defense isn't there. Their defense isn't there. And again, a team that doesn't travel well. Miami will score. Miami will be fun. People will bet on Miami. Miami overs will be great into like the 160s. They're not a viable contender. I have one team right now going into the three seeds. One team is a viable contender for the national championship. That's UConn. But here we go. Now we get into the threes. Gonzaga's off the table. They're not a contender for a national championship, guys. They're not. Gonzaga is a good team, a very good team, if that. But they're the worst team that I've seen in Gonzaga in a little while, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you beat St. Mary's at home, and all of a sudden I'm supposed to buy into it? Well, you lost to St. Mary's. You lost to Loyola. You lost to Baylor. I know a close game. You lost to Purdue. You hung on against Xavier. You beat a Kentucky team when they weren't playing well. You lost to a Texas. Every battle, and, and okay, yes, they did beat Alabama. Yeah, just about every battle that they've had come up short. They just don't have that this year. They're not a viable contender. Tennessee, well, I guess if you don't play Kentucky, you'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, right? 
I mean, if you if you don't play Kentucky, um, you, you're 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 fine because they cannot be Kentucky, and I can't consider Tennessee a viable contender for a national championship. You, if you can't get out of your own way, there's going to be a formula. There's going to be good coaches breaking down that film. Right? They lost to Kentucky, lost to Arizona, um, lost to Florida, lost to Vandy, lost to Missouri at home, lost to Texas A&M, lost to Auburn. They've lost three of the last five. No, Tennessee's not a viable contender, guys. Neither is K-State. Kansas State getting way, way too much love. Way too much love. A team that is usually underrated is all of a sudden overrated. All of a sudden, Kansas State is a team that people absolutely love, and and I'm squinting to find out why. Squinting to find out why. They're about 500 since late January. Their big test at Iowa State lost, at Kansas lost, Texas lost. All right, they did beat TCU in that one. Lost at Texas Tech, lost at uh, Oklahoma. Lost at West Virginia. They can't go on the road. It's the same story as Virginia. You can't go on the road. Kansas State, Virginia can't travel. Which brings you into Marquette. I think Marquette's a viable contender. We have two viable contenders. They're both coming from the Big East. Marquette, all of their losses combined are 20, 20 points. 20 points for their losses combined, guys. Marquette's the real deal. Now, I don't like Shaka Smart in a big spot. I'm not a big giant fan of Shaka Smart in a big spot. I think this Marquette team has some holes, but you can't you can't get away from what they have accomplished. I think that they are viable contenders. I think Marquette and UConn are viable contenders going into what I expect to be the one-two seeds. In the one-two seeds, guys, you start to look at this, and I go, I think all the one-two seeds have to be considered viable contenders. But even that, I could I could knock down a little bit. UCLA, Arizona. I'm not getting down on Arizona for losing today. I don't buy into UCLA. I never do any year, and I don't buy into Arizona. I think that their game is a little weak. I don't like that Arizona State loss at all. Texas, what they did at the end of the year, beating Kansas. You gotta, you have to respect what can, can, Texas has done. You have to respect what Baylor's done. You have to respect uh, expect that Kansas is going to be probably the best team in the country. Yeah, all three of them are viable contenders. I don't look at Purdue as a viable contender. I don't. Have we not seen this story before? I also think, I mean, you have to put Alabama up there as a viable contender. Okay? You have to put them up there. But the off-the-field stuff makes me look at Alabama and go, I don't know if you can go wire to wire. And same thing with Houston. The step-up conference and everything else. Houston reminds me of Gonzaga. So if I'm being serious with myself here, Kansas... Baylor, Texas, Marquette, UConn. That's five. Maybe UCLA, Arizona. Maybe UCLA, Arizona. I and I I don't I don't know if I could even do that. I have at most seven teams that are gonna win the championship. Most likely five. If you gave me odds right now, somebody write me and tell me a sports book on this. Big 12 versus the field, I'm taking the, I'm taking the Big 12. I'm taking the Big 12. Because while I like Marquette and UConn, I understand that the road that they're going to have to travel is going to be tough. Kansas, Baylor, Texas against the field? Oh, I'll take that all day. I, I, I All day. I mean, again, I have to see the brackets. And I'm doing this early because we're in the conversation right now. But if you're looking at this and, and seeing anything other 
than a handful. I said 10 before I started. I got to seven. You're looking at, at this bracket that is starting to shape up, and there's about 80 teams vying for this field of 68, right? When you really break it down and you're honest with yourself and you're really, truly college basketball enthusiasts that can be honest with themselves and break this down, there's less than 10 teams that can win the national championship. There's less than 10 teams that are actually viable national championship contenders. Take that for what you want. All right, let's take a quick time out. Come on back. I promise I get into a little Aaron Rodgers stuff. So we'll get into that when I get back. We'll still take some college basketball calls as we finish up the show on the other side of the break right here on Heatwave Sports. And now back to Heatwave Sports. Here's Tom Barton. All right, guys. Welcome back. Heatwave Sports. Just a couple of minutes to go, about 15 minutes to go here in the show. And I want to save a little bit for the Aaron Rodgers saga. Again, programming note, uh, I'm here by myself tonight, obviously. Tim Unglesby will be back tomorrow, 10 to 1, for the Super Sunday Night Edition. And next week, they are both, uh, we're going to have a bunch of people on. Uh, the cast of characters from Heatway Sports will join Tim Unglesby next week. The week after that, actually, um, I will be on location. So I will be in a casino on location doing uh, the the March Madness. So that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. I'll probably still be a little bit hungover. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is always just collides, right, with uh, March Madness. So if you needed a, a reason to have a couple of cocktails, uh, yeah, that, it's, it's going to be another fun one. But I'll be broadcasting from the casino there. So that that's kind of the, the month schedule. It's going to be a lot of college basketball. And I hope, I do, I hope that we have a run by a Mountain West team. I hope that one of these teams gets out of the first weekend so we can have a lot of fun um, moving on and talking about it. And, and I do know, I said, hit me up at, at Tom Barton Sports. And somebody actually texted me and, and texted me and said, San Diego State's going to the Sweet 16. Look, I'm not going to put it past them. It, it can certainly get there. And I'm rooting for I'm rooting for it so we have something to talk about. I'm rooting for it, uh, you know, because we do follow the Mountain West. I, I do find it interesting in a good way that, you know, there's no, uh, especially with, with UNLV fans, there's no, like, hatred towards other Mountain West teams once you get in. I, I guess the Wolfpack would be. But it's not like, ah, San Diego State, hope they go out in the first round. They stink. Yeah, well, I just, I just don't like them. Nah, there's none of that. So do I think they're going to the Sweet 16? I don't think so. But I could certainly see a path there. I could see them getting there. It, it should be an interesting – this should be a fun week. And it is a really – I mean, Vegas we know has become a giant sports town, a massive sports town. Um, there's always something to do. This week is just a fun, fun week. When you have all the conference tournaments coming there, uh, I know that Tim's going to be bouncing around. He's going to be doing some stuff, um, some press passes he got for a couple of the tournaments. So it, it should be a blast. The Heatwave Sports crew is going to be out in full force this week out in Las Vegas and, and watching all the games. So it should be a blast. And, yeah, I think we collectively should be rooting for the Mountain West to do well. Uh, Mountain West to get three, four bids. The Mountain West to get out of the first weekend. Mountain West to get to the Sweet 16. Uh, I think anything further past that, a little pie in the sky. Um, San Diego State, I think, has a limit this year, but I, I'm certainly rooting for them. All right, let's talk talk about Las Vegas sports. Well, the sports books still have Aaron Rodgers going to Las Vegas as a pretty good landing spot. You start to, you know, hear the rumblings. Adam Scheffler reported this week, among others, about three or four prominent reporters 
that the New York Jets are zeroing in on Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers came out from his darkness retreat, that whack job, and <laughs> he, uh, who knows what he did in this darkness retreat, but basically he doesn't know if he's going to retire. He doesn't know if he's going to Green Bay. They don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. And they kind of asked the people a heads up there in, in Green Bay, the general manager, and, and basically he doesn't know anything. And said, well, all, all the options are on the table, meaning we don't know what Aaron's going to do. He's a nutcase. I mean, that's really what it is. Nobody knows. Everything that I hear um, from anybody that I am associated with the New York Jets is that they are getting impatient. The New York Jets believed that Aaron Rodgers was just about signed, sealed, and delivered. And they're getting impatient, which cracks open the door for the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are in a unique position because they can't pivot. You know, there's a bunch of teams that need quarterbacks out there that um, aren't really going to look in the draft to get the quarterback. Carolina Panthers, the Saints, the Jets, uh, maybe Tennessee. They're not going to go out there and, and make a big deal. Houston and Indy probably will be getting those quarterbacks. So you go to the, this secondary pool. Everyone's rooting and sh shooting, I should say, for Aaron Rodgers. If they fail with Aaron Rodgers, the rest of the NFL community is going with Derek Carr. That's their number two. You then could get into guys like a Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe a Carson Wentz at this point, Baker Mayfield. These are the names that are being bandied about if you don't get a top prospect and if you miss out on Aaron Rodgers. But the first name that comes to everybody's mind is Derek Carr. Well, the Raiders are not in on this. So it puts them in a very unique situation because if the Las Vegas Raiders swing and miss on Aaron Rodgers, their backup plan is not Derek Carr. It's just not. Their backup plan also isn't go trade up in the draft. They don't really have the capital. It doesn't look like they're going to go do that unless you want uh, to hope that a Will Levis falls to you and Anthony Richardson. Oh, by the way, Richardson is now the number two, number two on the odds board to go as a, the first overall quarterback. So it's looking less and less likely that the Raiders are going to find their solution in the draft. They're not going to get Derek Carr. Stidham is not the guy. I think we all know that. So if you swing and miss on Aaron Rodgers, your backup plan now becomes Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, uh, Carson Wentz. Vegas fans, you're not going to feel good about that. So it starts to become interesting when I hear that the New York Jets felt like they had him signed, sealed, and delivered, that they felt like Aaron Rodgers was coming there. Yet sports books still have the Raiders as the favorite. It's really interesting to me when I hear people out of Green Bay, people I trust out of Green Bay, saying, oh, we all think he's coming back to Green Bay. So you have three cities dealing with three different situations, and all of them believe that Aaron Rodgers is coming to them. The retirement home might be where he actually winds up. But the difference between a team like the Jets, who might get impatient and pull the trigger on Derek Carr, and then give the Raiders a better option for Aaron Rodgers, the difference is, is that they do have a fallback plan. The Raiders don't have that fallback plan. So I start to, to think in my mind about this, and I'm going, I feel like the Raiders have to get Aaron Rodgers now. I feel like they have to. The Raiders are going to be in a position, if they don't sign Aaron Rodgers in a, a, a pretty quick mode here, if the Jets land him or somebody else, if they don't land him quickly, they're going to be left holding the bag and legitimately the Carson Wentz's of the world, the Baker Mayfield's of the world, 
start to become options. Unless Davis panics, panics to an extraordinary amount, and goes out there and gives the Bears, you know, a, a Ricky Williams type of draft. A Mike Dicker to Ricky Williams, here's my entire draft. Because that's what it would take. The Chicago Bears are right now fielding offers for the number two pick. Move back one. Give me another first. What would the Raiders have to do to move up? And maybe you go, well, they don't have to move up that far. Maybe not. But now you're dealing with with secondary guys. I think that there are four quarterbacks in the draft that are going to be taken in the the first 10, 12 picks or so. Anthony Richardson is moving up. The, the, The Raiders are not getting Bryce Young. I don't think they're getting Stroud. Could they land a Will Levis? Could they land an Anthony Richardson? Well, Anthony Richardson is shooting up the boards. Everybody loves this guy. Anthony Richardson is a pure project. He is a dynamic athlete, looks the part. But he is shot up during this draft process because of combine work. Combine work. I don't want to say the main Jamarcus Russell, but I just said the name of Jamarcus Russell. It, it, it would scare me as a Raider fan. It scared me as a Raider fan that you don't have a backup plan in case Aaron Rodgers decides to go back to Green Bay. You don't have a backup plan in case Aaron Rodgers decides to go to New York or if he decides to retire or Carolina or New Orleans and anywhere else. You don't have that backup plan. And that has got to worry you as a Raiders fan. So the more I looked at it, the more I kept thinking, well, the Vegas line makers are hardly ever wrong. They still have Aaron Rodgers as a pretty good candidate to go to Las Vegas. And who's the most desperate team? The Raiders are the most desperate team in this spot. The Raiders almost have to pry Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. The cost will be immense. But they've left no choice. By tagging Josh Jacobs, which they're going to do, having an aging offense, and you can't go get a rookie and expect that these guys, Devontae Adams not going to be the same in three years when the rookie is ready to perform. Darren Waller is over 30 years old. Was he 31 years old? You're going to have a 34-year-old tight end. I mean, they're, they're, they're an aging team. If you go out and you go spend on a, on a rookie quarterback, or are you throwing the year away? That's what you'll be telling your fans if you don't get Aaron Rodgers. So I think that there's still some hope there uh, in Las Vegas. I think that the Aaron Rodgers to Las Vegas Raiders is not a dead conversation. All right, that's going to do it for me, guys. Two hours in the books. Thank you for listening in tomorrow night, 10 to 1. Again, it'll be Tim Unglesby, Heatway Sports Crew. I'm Tom Barton for TomBartonSports.com. Go check me out at TomBartonSports.com. Every play that I give out, that's every college basketball play, every NBA play, every NHL play, all of my futures, all my conference odds, everything at TomBartonSports.com. And go check me out, Sports Garden Network, my podcast, Wagering Week, and Believe in Betting. Also, since the Ivy League's coming, believe in the Ivy League as well. Have a very good night, everybody.